While the weather outside in the Midwest doesn't make you think golf, that's what we're talking about on this week's episode of EIU Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser, and welcome to episode 20 of EIU Panthers Podcast. If you want to hear more episodes of EIU Panthers Podcast, then be sure to like and follow us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Available now on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. On this week's episode of EIU Panthers Podcast, we visit with former Eastern Illinois women's golfer Amanda Minchin. A native of Saskatchewan, Canada, Minchin was a three-time All-Ohio Valley Conference selection playing for the Panthers in the early days of the program in the early 2000s. In addition, she won two individual tournament titles at EIU and turned her love of playing into a career as she is now a PGA of Canada professional and the general manager at her home course in Canada. EIU Panthers podcast are sponsored by Consolidated Communications. Learn more about the future of broadband to power your home or business by visiting consolidated.com. In EIU Athletics news this week, basketball season remains in focus as both teams wrap up non-conference play and prepare for the 20-game Ohio Valley Conference season. Reminder that all Ohio Valley Conference games can be seen on ESPN Plus, and you can hear all EIU home and away games on HitMix 88.9 WIU, which also streams online. To keep up to date on all things EIU Panthers, visit our athletic website at eiupanthers.com or follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with our guest, former Panthers golfer Amanda Minchin. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined today by former Eastern Illinois women's golfer Amanda Minchin. And so I appreciate you joining us. She's from the the great north, and I don't mean from the United States, from the from the great north. She is from across the border in Canada, one of the a handful of Canadians that that have played here at Eastern Illinois in a variety of sports. So Amanda, thanks for joining us today on the program. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me. Now, for you guys, I, I would say happy Thanksgiving, but I, I think I'd be mistaken. I don't think Thanksgiving is celebrated in, in Canada, at least as a, a holiday the way it is in America. I think they have a, a, some other holidays that are very similar. We, uh, yeah, so Canadian Thanksgiving is in, uh, is in October, so that's uh, come and gone. But uh, uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to, uh, to you down there. Now, for you guys, um, one of the things we're going to talk about today is golf and your career here at Eastern Illinois, but also you've kind of stuck with golf the, the rest of your life. I guess I'm curious for, for somebody that, that that's from Canada, I read a, a thing that I know you played a lot of different sports. What was it that made you kind of gravitate towards golf? I, I know you would have been, there would have been some soccer, some hockey, some skiing, those types of things. What was it that, that, made you decide golf is kind of what I'm interested in? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I, I did grow up playing lots of sports. Uh, my, my parents were, you know, loved sports and my brothers. And, and uh, you know, I I really, I love playing team sports. I love playing basketball and hockey and, and that kind of thing. So for, for me, it's, it's kind of odd that golf won out, if you want to say. I, um, it's kind of the only individual sport that I, that I did. And, and, you know, honestly, I think just um, – when I turned 16, I, I sort of uh, kind of hit, uh, hit the ground running, so to speak, and really, really improved over, I don't want to say overnight, but improved quickly, and it came on quickly, and I just, I loved the game since I was 12, and just in love with it, and, you know, I just, um, 
yeah, it, it just for some reason it, it won out over the other sports. I still love uh, all these all these other sports. I still play rec hockey. I love hockey, of course. It's a thing up here. And, but golf, um, yeah, golf has just won out, and obviously I've made it my uh, my life and my my career. So, yeah, I don't know if there's one thing that really um, happened that you know that made golf be the the so-called uh, choice I made. But I just I I love the game, and when I turned 16, I you know, I improved drastically within a year and, and competing was just uh, one of my favorite things to do. So I, I knew that I early on wanted to go uh, play golf and, and I always knew I wanted to go to school. So it seemed like a no-brainer to me. Now, I would think that, that I, I know grew up playing baseball a little bit. I know baseball and, and golf, those swings kind of contradict each other. Would, would you say that it's very similar for hockey and golf to where, and I know you're, you're a golf pro now, and it'll be one of the questions I have for you a little bit later, but have you had to have people kind of correct how they would, I guess, swing a hockey stick and then trying to translate that into teaching them to swing differently on how they want to swing a golf club? Um, you know, I think there's kind of this misconception out there that, you know, I get a lot of people that come and they say, well, I've been playing ball for years and now I want to play golf. And, you know, everyone tells me I have a, a ball swing and, and people have this in their mind that that's bad. And, I, it's not necessarily bad. There's a lot of, if you look at, you know, studying golf swing and studying kinematic sequencing and that kind of thing, which I love to do. I love the, looking at the golf swing on top of everything else. Um, there's a lot of similarities just in terms of rotational power that all athletes need. So um, do I, I don't focus on that. No, I, I try to find, you know, people that play other sports, you're trying to find um, a common ground there. So, uh, I think that's sort of a big misconception that's sort of going away a little bit. Um, if people are able to be athletic and, and swing a baseball bat, I think that will help them with their golf swing. Same with hockey, same with any other sport uh, where there's sequencing involved. So um, I don't find that a big uh, deterrent for people. I, I think any other activities that they can do, especially with rotational things, is, is only going to help them. Now, for you, uh, the other thing that, that's interesting to me in Canada is is I think it, it becomes – golf is definitely a seasonal game. I think, you know, you see people go down in Florida, they can play year-round. What is the traditional playing season then for, for somebody in Canada? I'm, I'm assuming you start a little bit later in the calendar year, but if the weather's nice, you may be able to actually go a little bit longer in the calendar year. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, West Coast, Southern British Columbia on the island, as we call it, they, they're able to kind of play year-round. They do get a ton of rain. You know, they're very similar to, to obviously, Washington State and that sort of thing. So you can play you can play year-round out there. It will be probably wet, but you'll play. Uh, in Saskatchewan, obviously, we've got a very uh, short window, as we call it. Uh, typically, we're kind of like a, an April to October sort of season, and um, just depends on what kind of spring you get as soon as – soon as it's nice out and we can get our golf course open that's uh that's when we fire up so you're kind of looking at a six month stretch and you know definitely uh if you're a native from from here Saskatchewan you, you're used to it but you kind of wish you the golf even longer for sure I would say that 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 season seems to translate into very similar to kind of maybe the college season that you saw here when you were at, at Eastern Illinois is that something that a player from you kind of overcoming those, I guess, obstacles as a, as a youth, are those the type of things that maybe helped you translate into a, into a good college player, kind of knowing what time of the year you were going to be able to dial up your game? Well, yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, point of view. It, it definitely fell in line with 
you know, my, my season up here, you know, people always say, well, honey, you know, you should go more, more south and, and play year round. And, um, you know, and obviously there's, there's benefits to that, but there's not necessarily anything bad with having um, seasons as we call it, right? So I knew that we'd have our fall, our fall session, we'd play, and then we would, you know, the winter was, was training and we did a lot of indoor training and we did a lot of um, uh, physical training, which I love. So for me, um, you know, I obviously, you know, you think the more golf you play and just play every day and what if we could just play for eight months straight, as long as things are structured and and there's a, a I guess a purpose to what you're doing and that's why I think I really um, did well at, at, at Eastern because it was it was sort of like being at home I mean I think the weather was a lot better but yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know for me uh, um, transitioning into that it sort of felt like I was at home and I knew okay this season's done now we're going to go into another mode of training um, you know, with our, our weight coaches and that sort of thing and our indoor stuff. And then we're going to get back out into the spring, February, March and, and get going. So for me, that worked really, really well. Now, you, you came to Eastern Illinois in the, the early 2000s. You, you picked up golf probably in, in your teenage years. What attracted you to Eastern? And then maybe how did Eastern find out about you? It's always interesting to me how international players in particular land in, in you know, rural central Illinois to – as a choice for where they're going to go to play athletically and to pursue their college degree. Yeah. I mean, um, it was definitely a process. Like I said, I knew kind of 16, 17 that uh, instantly I wanted to go play golf and, and go to school and, and going to the NCAA route was, was the place to go at the time. Um, I graduated high school in 2000. So, um, you know, I'll be honest, we, we, we just, we looked around for schools and we looked around for things, the best kind of fit and you don't know until you go there I mean you can go visit the school and until you get into the mix of it and and um, figuring it out you don't you don't know I mean you could have the best of everything there and but it might not might not jive so I mean for me it just um, yeah I, I mean Eastern kind of found me and and I found them and you know I really liked that it was like a college town it reminded me of being at home um, you know it wasn't like I was moving to Chicago or something out of my element at the time, being 18 years old. Uh, so, you know, the fact that it was kind of like a college town, sports were, were huge. Um, and then we just started conversing with my coach at the time, was Jay Alcoff. And it just, uh, yeah, things kind of fell into place, I guess. It, you know, I consider myself really lucky. Um, not everybody, you know, anytime you're leaving home at, at 17, 18 years old, there's no guarantee that it's going to work out. So I consider myself very lucky. And um, I, I guess we just sort of found each other. Um, like I said, I was searching searching for a school that, you know, had something I wanted to study, had a good, solid reputation, and, um, you know, definitely would support me after. And, and that's uh, been Eastern Illinois. Now, you had success here when, when you were a golfer, three times a first-team all-OVC performer. Is there one of those years that, that maybe stands out as a little bit more successful for you. Um, I know they're all they're all special, but is there one that you point to? That was kind of my my breakout season as a golfer, even though you earn all conference accolades a couple times. Um, I think I think my third year there, my, my junior year was was really good. I you know my my freshman year, I guess it was a lot of transition. I was getting used to 
to being away from home and figuring out how to travel and go to school and play golf and and playing in different golf courses and traveling around and so my freshman year was was sort of up it was topsy-turvy up and down you know I went there with, with great expectations for my game and they didn't translate right away um, which at, you know when you're 18 you're thinking what the heck what's wrong with me I, I you know I've been successful up until now this is what I wanted now I'm here and things weren't, weren't jiving not to anybody's fault just just an adjustment period um, and then you know second year got a little bit better my third year finally just really felt super comfortable there it, it just was I mean it was just home obviously my senior year was great but it's my junior year you know it's, I was excited to I just was super excited that year to compete and um, I think I played my best golf that third year and yeah it was just a just a comfort zone that I was finally in and you know you knew you were anyways coming back the next year and yeah it just felt like home. Now for you in addition to, to earning all conference honors you actually were able to to win a couple individual medalist titles and, and golf is always an interesting sport and I think that that there's a, a team score part of it unlike professional golf that people watch on TV where you know it, you're all out for yourself and it's interesting in golf that you are all out for yourself but the better your you and your teammates do the better your, your team does what was the I guess having gone from your juniors golf circuit where you, you were successful in Canada as an individual to kind of that team atmosphere, what's the biggest change there? Maybe that, that high school kids sometimes have to make that adjustment. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I, like I said, I, I always grew up loving team sports and for me to pick an individual sport seems, seems bizarre. And then I got to college and that team aspect is still there. And I really, really enjoyed that part. I mean, you're still competing uh, individually, but there's that you're, you're part of a team and there's a team score. And, you know, we always had goals as a team, you know, for, for you know our number for the day or our number for um for an event and so i really really enjoyed that part um it's interesting i think you know golfers just like every any other athlete all have different uh, personalities so i mean you know some people that are maybe geared towards just playing an individual sport if you're going to go and play college golf um you might be totally unaware of that team aspect side for me, like I said, I grew up playing team sports, so it was it was almost um, it was almost like well, well, great, I get to do this and have a team as well. So that was really really neat. As, you know, I think things have progressed. Obviously, uh, 20 years ago already that I that I went there, but um, you know, I think I think kids are, are young athletes. They're so they're so ingrained in, in what they're doing now that. Um, you know, with our high school up here, there is there is still a team aspect, and I'm sure there is still in all the states. Um, so I think they're I think they're sort of already used to it. They know that that's coming, um, especially if they're playing. They're playing highly competitive uh, junior tournaments now. It's still very much you know they're competing against one another, but you see it out here when we host an event. You know, they're supporting one another, and they're. They're not competing on a team; they're competing individually, and they're already supporting each other. So, um, I, I know for our our kids that have gone down south in the last couple of years, they they said they really enjoy the team aspect. So, um, I think it's great for the, the game of golf. Now, for you, like I, I talked about, two individual championships, and I and I looked it up. It was interesting. One of them you won as the individual medalist. The second one you won in a, in a playoff. What what's the what's 
I guess, is, is there one that is, is more satisfying to you? And, and then I, for somebody that's never been there that, that would listen to this podcast, what is that pressure of then having to be in essentially a one-hole playoff to justify what you just did for two or three days out on the golf course? Well, yeah, I, re I remember, I mean, the playoff one was in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember it just like it happened yesterday. It was crazy, but, um, you know, I I love that one. I I love all our experiences that I had, but that one was great. Um, it was just going back to that team aspect, my team was following me around and playing in this, in this uh, playoff, and my team members are right there. My coach is right there, so I think that just, elevated me more and made it more enjoyable and um yeah i actually i just found that trophy the other day and <laughs> it off so um i i remember that one very vividly now so you finish up at, at eastern and did you have like I, I, probably every college athlete young athlete aspirations of, of pursuing a professional career i know you went on you were able to to try to play professionally for, for a little while there in, in canada what, it, what was that the biggest challenge for that of going from then that college environment where you, you talked already that you already had to make that adjustment from a you know a high school player to the college player to then trying to make that adjustment to doing that to try to make a living playing golf? Yeah, and you know, and I'll be honest, looking back, it, it, uh, it was a huge adjustment. I, I, I honestly, to be really honest, wasn't, wasn't completely prepared at all. Um, you know, you come from from school, and you've got a support team team around you. You've got a coach, you've got teammates, you've got a, um, a you know strength coach. You've got every all, all these other resources right at your hands, and um, and things are very structured. And then when I left school, I you know I graduated and uh, moved back home, and kind of was wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Knew I wanted to keep playing golf. I played another year of, of amateur golf, highly competitive amateur golf, and then I. And I thought, well, you know, I'm ready for something new, and and turned pro and started playing on our mini tours up here and, and down south as well, and kind of just toured around a little bit. And I mean, things have worked out well for me, but looking back, um, yeah, I wasn't prepared. I mean, it, it individual sport or not, uh, you look at the best players in the world right now; they they've all got a team. It, it's not just you know, you're not on your own. The best players aren't on their own driving around looking for, for tournaments, and that was. That was sort of me, but again, that was 20 years ago, and or sorry, not 15 years ago, and um, yeah, I mean, it was a huge, huge adjustment. Um, I think when you're young, you always feel like you're ready to move on to the next greatest thing. And uh, as much as I loved school, I was, you know, I was ready to graduate, and I'm kind of okay. I'm done with this chapter. Let's go on to something else, and um, probably didn't have all the resources lined up that I should have. So. Um, like I said, those things have worked out well for me. And But yeah, that was a huge, huge jump to go from being so structured and then kind of on my own and, and trying to figure it out. I think the other misconception for, for an average fan or somebody that just watches from the couch on TV or even the average golfer is there's a huge difference between the people they see on TV that like, you know, a Tiger Woods or a Phil Mickelson that are making these millions of dollars. For every, you know, two or three of those guys, there are two to 300 or maybe even more than that of people like the scenario where you talked about it. Hey, I throw my clubs in the back of the car. I see if there's a local caddy that can go around and I'm trying to make some money so I can pay them, you know, 50 bucks to carry my clubs for three days. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, people don't, uh, 
you know, if you're not well versed in professional sports or even college sports or that, they don't see the behind the scenes. They don't see the the uh, the grinders out there, as you call them. And, and golf, just like every other sport, there's like the hundreds, thousands of them all trying to do it and all trying to live the dream. And, and um, the little bit of exposure I had doing that, I loved it. Uh, I would never trade it. Those days, they were great. Uh, I sure it was poor, but it was fun and met a lot of great people. So. Now, because of that, you said you were you kind of had the love of game of love for the game of golf, and this probably helped you to what your current career is now. You're you're the golf pro there at your home course that you kind of grew up on. At what point in time did you know that I, I want to be a, a golf pro? Is that something that you kind of positioned yourself for when you were here at Eastern, or is that something that kind of you know manifested itself once you were out there trying to play professional? Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, uh, I've always been a pretty structured person with, with goals and whatnot, but I'll admit when I graduated university, I had really no idea other than, you know, going to pursue and play some golf and see where that goes. I had no real <laughs> clear idea on what I wanted to do in terms of a career. I, I knew I had kind of lots of options and whatnot, but, um, you know, it wasn't like, okay, hey, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to, you know, join the PG of Canada and then I'm going to do this and this. And, um, you know, I left home for a while, I traveled around, and then I ended up back here in my hometown. And yeah, the golf course that I grew up at, I'm now the general manager and head professional. And, um, you know, I, the course that I learned to play golf at when I'm 12, I'm 38 now, and, and now I'm running it. Um, I consider myself very lucky to be in that situation. But yeah, I think, you know, I knew that I loved being at the golf course. Uh, I loved the game. I loved everything about it. It excited me when, you know, I came home in, in April from school and um, the golf course was opening and then I would go work there and uh, I just wanted to be immersed in it. And, it, you know, but it really wasn't until about four or five years later that I decided, you know, um, okay, I'm kind of done traveling around, living out of my car and living the gypsy lifestyle. It's maybe time to, to get serious about something. And, um, at that point, you know, again, things in my life, I, I was all in at that point. It was, I'm going to join the PGA of Canada. I'm going to get my class A. I want to teach people how to play golf. Uh, I just want to be immersed in the business. And from there on, it was, you know, that was uh, 11 years ago. So, um, yeah, that's, and literally have made it my life and, and it's worked out well for me. But yeah, I, I, I didn't have, I didn't have that clear passage on the day I graduated with my <laughs> with my degree, uh, and you know, looking back, I, you see it now. Kids, they're they're twenty, twenty one, and people are asking, "Well, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life?" <laughs> I mean, I was close to thirty by the time I figured out that you know I wanted to do this. So, um, but definitely, obviously, the the consistent thing that's been there is the game of golf. So, okay. Now, I know you've been a successful teacher there. You've won, won a couple area awards and a couple PGA of Canada awards. So congratulations on those as an instructor. What what have been some of the obstacles? I, I would assume that there are not a lot of female head professionals. Maybe, there, maybe there's more than I think. Uh, what kind of obstacles have you noticed or had you, have you maybe had to overcome with, with being a female? I would think of a lot of, a lot of fledgling golfers maybe males and there's still a little bit of a stereotype there unfortunately you know i i get asked that and honestly i and i'm not you know i'm not sugarcoating and, and 
making stuff. I our zone, Saskatchewan zone, our PGA zone. I'm, I'm currently the president of. Um, we've got a great zone. There, there is only myself and one other, um, Bobby Brandon in, in Saskatoon at Moon Lake, who's a head pro. And uh, there's been a, other females that have been in the business and they've left and maybe gone other places. Um, but honestly, I, I don't feel I don't feel any obstacles in our business. Um, the unique thing about our business, the golf business, if you want to call it, being a, a PGA kind of professional, there's so many, you know, you're not just limited to one track of your career. There's so many things you can do. You can be a coach, a teacher, you can run a golf course, be a GM, be a head pro, you can be a sales rep, you can, you know, there's the, the possibilities are endless. So, I, you know, I honestly, I haven't, I haven't felt any of those obstacles. Um, I belong to a really great zone. Everyone's supportive, whether you're male or female. And as long as you're passionate about what you do, it, it doesn't matter. And that's that's the truth for me. Is that that's been my experience. Um, you know, I don't know what it was like 30, 40 years ago for a female to be a golf pro. I imagine there would have been a lot of obstacles. Um, I've I've been lucky, I guess, to be. Um, either the right place at the right time or uh, just around great people that it doesn't matter uh, if you're male or female. So. No, that's good. That's great news to hear on that. I'm, I'm glad that that seems to be a little bit more maybe progressive there in, in terms of how it's, hey, if you can do the job and you have some passion and energy to do the job, that, then you have the opportunity presented to you. I would say, I guess one of my we're getting close to wrapping up here. One of my questions would be is I know kind of, I think people that will be listening to this kind of know how golf courses slowly opened up with, with the COVID here. And it's one of the, the great social distancing events, I guess you can do outdoors. What obstacles or hurdles did you guys kind of face with, with COVID in Canada? I know it, it hit different parts of the world differently and, and maybe in Saskatchewan it, maybe where you're at, it might be remote enough to maybe it, it didn't hit nearly as home as some other places, but what, how was golf impacted from, from the pandemic that, that hit most of the world? Yeah. So, um, I mean, our province, uh, each province has been a little bit different. Our province, we are a very, you know, socially distanced out province. Um, uh, you know, we're not sparsely populated and our population, you know, we've got big cities that we've spaced out a lot, but, um, we, you know, uh, we kind of went into lockdown, I guess if you want to call it March. Um, so at that point, things that weren't considered essential, which would have been a golf course, um, we still had snow on the ground, but you know, our, our restaurant operations and that kind of thing, we had to, they were completely shut down and we didn't know what was going to happen. We were bracing for maybe possibly not opening or being very, very, very limited. Um, you know, so it, it was a tough spring in terms of for everybody not knowing what was going to happen. So, I mean, we didn't, you know, we we came to April and normally we'd be open at that time and uh, we had myself and my management team you know working kind of all departments because we couldn't have staff we didn't know what was going to happen and so we had you know my managers we were working on maintenance and we we're working in the golf shop dealing with you know memberships and that kind of thing and helping out over here and there um, and then the government announced that we would be part of our phase two at the time that golf courses could open with a lot of restrictions in place and, and we opened May 15th. So we were kind of like a month later than we normally were. And there were a lot of restrictions in place, um, you know, just in terms of who could ride in the golf cart together, 
the tea time intervals at the start were very spread out. So we were very limited on what we could do. In the end, you know, it was a process. Things changed every couple of weeks. You know, the government would roll out other uh, new restrictions or they'd lessen the restrictions. You know, we could finally open up our restaurant operations in June. Um, and the one thing, you know, while that was stressful and, and the golf industry was, was struggling to open, uh, what did happen was the game of golf kind of blew up again. It grew here. Um, I think it's been slowly growing, but it really blew up this year because there wasn't anything else you could do. So all of a sudden, people that hadn't played golf, you know, in 10 years or so, they were back down playing golf, and people were buying golf clubs, and, uh, you know, they couldn't really travel, they couldn't, you know, just go to a movie. There, there was literally not much to do other than come to the golf course, and that was throughout the province, so, and, and a lot of Canada. So the game of golf is there, if you want to take some positives away from, from this, as it sparked some people to get back out playing golf, and, I mean, we were busy every single day. Uh, from six in the morning till seven at night, and it was a very unique, kind of cool thing to see. And obviously, there's there's still challenges moving ahead. We're sort of entering what many will call our second wave now. So up here, our organized sports, hockey and kids hockey, and any organized sport uh, just got shut down last week by the government. So that's a very difficult thing to deal with. And, um, you know, golf, I, I speak to a stressful spring, but we were really fortunate to be able to, to get open and stay open. So um, there's going to be challenges ahead, but uh, in terms of that, I think we, the golf industry here, we're, we're grateful that, you know, we were able to, like I said, get open, stay open, and see an influx of people. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, here in Saskatchewan in the next four or five months. There's, you know, we're talking about a vaccine and, um, you know, we're just trying to focus on the positive. So, yeah. Okay. And then uh, once again, I, I appreciate you joining us here, Amanda. Final just thought from you is kind of maybe favorite memory um, from your time here at Eastern when you played, maybe on the golf course, maybe maybe something off the golf course, but just kind of thoughts there as, as you think about back to, you know, 15, 20 years ago when you when you were playing golf for the Panthers. You know, I, I mean, I, I just really love being a student athlete. Um, I really love being part of Eastern. I love going to school. I mean, just the campus itself. But, you know, obviously, Tony Romo was our quarterback when I was going to school there. So going to football games was fun. Um, basketball games were fun. I just, you know what, I just really loved being a college student in Charleston, Illinois. And uh, I've been telling myself for the last couple of years I need to take a road trip down to our campus again. So. Um, no, I, I just, you know what, I, I loved it all and I loved, uh, you know, I got to go to school in the morning and play golf in the afternoon and sometimes I wish I could go back to that. <laughs> well, we do appreciate it. We've been joined by Amanda Minchin, who was a former golfer here from Eastern Illinois on the EIU Panthers podcast. She's up north right now. I don't know if you guys have snow on the ground yet. I, I, we had flurries yeah, here today. Just a little bit, not very much, but it's coming. But it probably, it probably has shut down the golf season, I'm guessing. Yes, our golf season typically ends in October. So. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. And once again, thanks for joining us, Amanda. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it.